0: Welcome to the fifth episode of Ability. I'm your host, Jacob Holt. In this episode, I talk to Spencer Williams. Spencer is a future award-winning columnist from Vice. He lives in Vancouver, British Columbia. I was really excited to get to talk to him. It was a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't wait to do it again. Let's jump right in. So how are you doing? It's nice talking to you.
1: I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm just... Working away at my next um, my next column for Vice and just, um, you know, just taking it easy.
0: Yeah, you're a future award-winning columnist for Vice.
1: I don't know about award-winning, but...
0: <laughs> I don't know. I've read them. They're pretty I good.
1: Am pretty good at, um, I, am, I am getting pretty good at... Right
0: yeah, I think they're really great. So tell me about your disability.
1: I was diagnosed with CP, cerebral palsy, at the age of one, and um, which has left me unable to walk. But I don't let that get in the way of doing anything in my day-to-day life. Uh, I've been interested in journalism for as long as I could remember. I'm also... A huge music fan. Um, I do a lot of music writing and blogging, as well as um, I used to do. Used to host a accessibility show on a campus radio station here in Vancouver at the University of British Columbia. I guess that's my story in a nutshell.
0: When were you diagnosed with CP?
1: Um, I was diagnosed with CP at the age of one.
0: And uh I know you know a cerebral palsy it's is kind of a spectrum. Uh where on the spectrum do you kind of sit at? You know, in the spectrum of severity.
1: I don't actually know. Um it's not it's like in the I'm in the middle of like severe and like high. Well, I I would say mm. I still get muscle spasms, but I'm pretty high functioning.
0: What was it like for you growing up with CP?
1: It was actually, you know, it was actually I had a pretty, um, I had a pretty normal life. I'm I pretty much defined all odds. I I graduated high school with my dogwood diploma, and then went to bcit for broadcasting which is a college here in vancouver when i was go when i was growing up i pretty much wanted to do anything and everything and i tried to be as normal as possible i didn't didn't let my disability get me down yeah that's basically that's basically it
0: what was it like in primary school? See, so you live in Canada. So that's what you would call it, right? In the U.S., we call it grade school. What was it like in primary school?
1: Yeah, it was good. I, I had a lot, like, I had a lot of friends, um, but I didn't really have um, as much independence as I would have wanted. I was relying on people too much, and I think. That hurt me down the road.
0: What do you mean by relying on people too much?
1: When you have a disability, there's only, there's only so much of your, of your daily routine that you can do on your own. And to a certain extent, I was just relying on uh, people too much. I wasn't really thinking for myself, and I'm getting a lot better at that. I'm trying to do a lot more things independently. I think I'm getting better.
0: What brings you joy?
1: I like listening to music. I like hanging out with my friends. Um, I like going to movies. I like, um, yeah, uh, basically like the normal things that any 20-something-year-old wants to do. Like, you know, go... Go to movies, hang out with friends, hang out with uh, girls, you know.
0: You know, I know you also really love music. Yeah, I do. Music can be a great escape, at least for me. Exactly. Which Beatle would you be? I'm, I'm John. What adaptations have you made to the world around you?
1: Well, you know, like for instance, when I'm when i'm writing the uh column for vice i have a um assistive writing program on my computer called uh dragon diction for like my for like things like my broadcasting i got a seat a seat elevator Put on my chair so I can uh, raise up and talk to people at eye level, which has made things a whole lot easier.
0: What has your relationship been like with your parents? Get along
1: great. They're like you know, they're like my number one, uh, <laughs> number one cheerleaders. Because <laughs> they're very supportive when uh, when it's come to things like my broadcasting and um the call co- the column and my work with 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 vice you know they're they just want best life for me possible so
0: if you could have any job if education cost or physical ability were not a factor just pure enjoyment what most would you like to do
1: like i said I, i'm very into writing and journalism and uh and music so i think like like for instance my job with vice is almost a, a dream job for me cuz i've always wanted to write a column like that and uh, just connect with people i know my the topic that i write about is kind of kind of a taboo but writing in general it's just is just a good way for me to um, express myself and get my message heard, I guess.
0: I love your articles and Vice. How did those come to be?
1: There's a company in Vancouver called Sensual um, Solutions, and what they basically provide the opportunity for uh, people with disabilities to get intimacy coaching. They set up an an environment where it enables people with disabilities to explore their bodies and uh, just find uh, new pleasure centers and uh, just do things that you didn't think were possible. They set the founder, Trish uh, St. John, nominated me a documentary on Vice, and then I I did the documentary, and then the editor in chief they really liked my um, how I ca- how I carried myself, and they wanted to see like samples of of my writing, and then so I sent them samples. Not too long went
0: by, and then they're like. What is it like writing about something so personal?
1: It's nerve-wracking, man, like at first, you know, at first I thought, you know, I th- thought of it as, you know, just a job and then, you know, I thought of it as my passion, and then I'm like this is this is really important because there's not enough resources out there for people with disabilities to express themselves. As sexual beings, people need to know that people with disabilities are just like everyone else. We just we tend to adapt and just do things in a different way.
0: Daniel, I've read both of your columns. So, like the first one is titled "What My Disability Means for My Sex Life," and you know what I love is it seems that. You've tapped into something fairly universal. Like these are things that I've kind of felt, or you know, you know or felt near, at the very least. You know, so like, uh, you know, so like one of the lines that I wrote down was, "Women have." Uh, one of the lines I wrote down is, "Women often rejected me throughout my childhood and adolescence." Something I felt. You know, another line I wrote down. People are often surprised to hear that those of us with disabilities have sexual desires. That's something that I feel. I feel like people almost see me as a kid in the sense of, you know, he just exists. He doesn't have any feelings. There's no way. Well,
1: you know, of course people with disabilities have feelings. It's just the what frustrates me is... um Especially when it comes to dating, they we are judged pretty quickly because you know girls see the wheelchair and the they're instantly like they're instantly scared away, and I it really bothers me because I don't really have a chance to express myself, you know, as Spencer the person.
0: In your second uh, column. You talked about trying Tinder, which I really loved. Because I've tried Tinder, and basically my thought was I'm just going to swipe right on everything with a pulse <laughs> just see what happens. <laughs> 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 which I did. And uh, I think it was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy that I look back on it, but of course nothing came of that. But I think that was kind of because I expected nothing to come of it.
1: That's exactly what happened to me. Like, I... I tried uh, changing up my bio a couple times and and then I tried like swiping right on on just about anything. Like there was a there's a couple I got a couple of matches but most of them were just um were just bots.
0: Is there anything about your columns more that you want to talk about? I just kind of wrote down things that I found interesting and that I related to.
1: The thing the thing that I like about Doing this thing with Vice is, um, you know, just, just getting my, you know, just getting my thoughts and feelings out about a topic that is so important and is such seen as such a taboo. Like, what I want to do with my column, what I've set up. What I've set out to do is put sex and disability in bed together.
0: Let them hook up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and whatever like whatever comes of my column comes of it. I'm just I'm doing it because like I like writing and I want to keep getting better, you know, just and just keep connecting with people. Like for instance, my column. Got me, you know, talking, talking to uh, people and in, in different countries like yourself. I never, I never know where this is gonna take me. This has been like one of the best experiences of my of my life so far, and I can't wait to continue. I have a lot more to share.
0: I would just like to take a second to pat Vice on the back for a second. And that's one of the reasons that I really love Vice is they're willing to go to those taboo places and talk about things that aren't often talked about and discussed. And nothing bad ever comes from communication. It can only open those channels, make people more comfortable, more open. Thanks for doing your columns. I, I thoroughly enjoy them and I hope you get to do many more.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it.
0: Who inspires you?
1: inspires me how
0: just who do you look up to you know it does that have to be one specific person
1: when when i was younger i looked up to you know people like rick hansen which who's who's a canadian who uh wheeled all the way all the way around the world uh terry fox he ran across canada one leg to raise money for Cancer research. I don't know. I I mean, I look I look up to those I look up to those people. I, I also have countless people in my day to day life that I look up to. I have you know, who I work with, um, who who I also uh, look up to and try to get some advice on writing and how to how to tackle it. I don't know. It's just. A ton of people inspire me. It's just hard to pick just one.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of people that we look up to throughout our lives. And some people have more specific answers and some people don't. And that's completely okay.
1: There's not just, you know, not just one person. There's, you know, there's times where, you know, I'm out somewhere and, um, and people just say, like, it's people like you that are an inspiration. And when I'm called an inspiration when it comes to my disability, that that really bothers me.
0: Why does it bother you?
1: My disability is not who I am. I mean, it, it's part of me, sure. But um, I want people to do the best that they can to, like, look past the fact that I have a disability and just treat me... Like a normal human being.
0: I know the feeling. I don't like, especially being called an inspiration either. I got up and put on pants this morning, and so did you. But I'm an inspiration for doing it.
1: Yeah, exactly. That that that's that's the part that that's the part that bugs me. It's like, oh great, oh great. It's good. It's good. It's good to see you out. And I'm I'm like, okay, okay, great. I'm just trying to with my life it just takes a little little longer i'm pretty i'm pretty normal you know and my life is my life is pretty awesome so i wouldn't change the fact that i have a disability but like i said my disability does not define me
0: it's not who i am underneath but what i do that defines me <laughs> yeah, exactly. Batman that's that that's, that's from a batman <laughs> movie by the way <laughs> I don't know how you can be in a wheelchair and not be kind of a nerd. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I mean, it really depends. It really depends, like, what you do. You could be You could be a nerd. Like, I, I'm, like, when it comes to music, I'm a total, I'm a total nerd. Like, I'm a walking encyclopedia. You could, like, ask me anything about any, about most songs, and I'll tell you anything you want to know. That's the kind of nerd that I am,
0: yeah. I find a lot of people with disabilities have something that they're just incredibly impassionate about, just like most people. but they become you know, kind of encyclopedias like that. like they kind of just you know turn turn that knob up just a little bit more than I think if you were able-bodied. do you do you think that's true?
1: I just think people who are able-bodied do something, and then people are like, awesome it's really great and then all of, a sudden, and then you turn around and someone with a disability does something and it's like 10 times it gets 10 times more
0: attention it's a much bigger deal yeah
1: yeah um and don't get me wrong i mean i love i love the attention it's just funny how how like
0: those standards are kind of different
1: it's like a double-edged sword sometimes I mean, sometimes you want all this recognition. Other times, other times you don't. But, like, for instance, when I came out with this call, when I came out with this column, I didn't know what kind of reaction I was going to get. And I was just surprised to see how many people actually, actually cared about it. And the fact that Vice was actually, actually willing to take a chance on me. That was really, that was really cool. It really did something for my confidence, for
0: sure. Who inspires you musically?
1: I don't write music, but I do, lis- I do listen to it, and it's a really tough one. Um, well, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm a huge John Lennon fan. I love the Beatles. Yeah, I don't know. It's It's a really tough question.
0: What is the biggest challenge you've had to overcome?
1: I've had to overcome, like, I've had to overcome countless surgeries, um, procedures, um, I've had to overcome a lot, like, a lot in my life, and I'm still managing to, like, do what I want to do. I don't know if that answers your question, but...
0: No, I think that was good. How do you think people see you? I... I don't know.
1: Um, I just want people to see me as, as as this calm, cool, and collective person who who has like this really cool personality. How I think people, the people that know, the people that know me, like see me for who I am. But it's hard to say what the people who I haven't met yet think.
0: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say at the pearly gates?
1: I guess I would. I guess I would say I gave it my best shot, and I and I'm com and I'm comfortable knowing that I did all I could do.
0: Thanks so much for taking a chance on me. This was a lot of fun.
1: I had a lot of fun. This was like um, this was a pretty cool experience.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. You can follow Spencer on Twitter at DJ Spencer Music. You can follow me on Twitter at the Jacob Holt and the show on Twitter at Ability Podcast. You can also send the show an email at AbilityPodcast at gmail.com. For the holiday season, this month we're doing a bonus episode. On December 18th, I interview author and podcaster Wynn Kelly Charles. It's really great, and I can't wait for you to hear it. If you have an extra moment, please rate and review the show on iTunes. It really helps out the show. See you December 18th. Keep on rolling.